Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. South America is the perfect place to keep secrets. Welcome to episode 40 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're going to talk about what's been going on in the pre-season for the last two weeks since we last brought you a podcast. It's been a a busy couple of weeks, Steve. There's been four official games and one scrimmage played and a, a lot of the guys in the camp getting action. Some impressing, some not so much. Game against Victoria today on Sunday when we're recording this. We'll come to that in a sec. But before we get to that, let's have a look at some of the games that took place down in Arizona. What well, We only saw one game that was broadcast. It was only the one stream. But from the highlights we saw, what we read on Twitter and, and the stream that we saw, what, what did you make of it, Steve? Well, uh, the, especially the Seattle game, the one we saw, uh, it seemed like that they were uh, not able to connect as much in the third. The two goals they allowed were really... Uh, Poor clearances out of the box. One was obviously a Glazo by uh, Parmesan or whatever his name is, the the Martinique player. The other goal was just a poor clearance that he got. And it, it was kind of the players were coming off at the 45-minute mark, right in the middle of the game, and Seattle still had their players on, so they were kind of cold. And it was a little bit of confusion, and Carducci really had no chance on that one either. It was a game of three periods, three 30-minute periods, and the Whitecaps, I thought, did it a little bit strange because they... They completely switched their team, but they did it halfway during the the second period. So to me, it kind of caught them a little bit cold. And then Carducci didn't come on right away, and he was caught cold. He didn't even have a chance to touch the ball before that second goal went in. So I thought that was a little strange, but I don't think we can read too much in it. We, we beat India 11. You, you expect that to happen. We had another scrimmage against India 11, and it was a tired indie side from from what we can gather from our, our friend Mas Cassano who was down there. And by the end of it, it was an easy 4-0 win and a couple of, of guys got, got goals and assists. But I don't think we can read too much from that. What we might be able to read a little bit from, though, was Sunday's game against University of Victoria Vikes. 1-0 win for the Whitecaps. Goal came in the 90th minute. Whitecaps dominated the game. I think it was something like 21 shots to four, and it it really should have been a lot more. But the telling thing is, it wasn't. It was just 1-0, and despite all the pressure and some great Vikes defending, the Caps really struggled to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, it was mostly, especially the first half, it was a lot of the Caps trying to break uh, a a Victoria team down that was really parked the bus most of the game. They just couldn't connect, especially in the final third. They did well enough to get into that those positions, but once they got into the final third, and especially around the box, uh, there were very few connections. The Vikes were really good at uh, 
blocking the passes out and, and clearing them quickly. Uh, I thought the second half, uh, when the second unit came on, I thought that was a little bit more of a push. Uh, one of the players that really impressed both of us was uh, Bryce Alderson, and he seemed to put the ball right every time into the right spots, even especially on the final goal where that Lewis, Andre Lewis scored. He is first with a white cap. Uh, he could have got the ball over to Sagato, but it would have put a Sagato off in an offside position. He waited until Sagato got back onside and then got the ball who made it. And then Omar made a nice cross into Lewis who finished it off for them. And it was a, that second unit really pushed the ball forward. I thought that was more impressive. I, I was definitely more impressed with, with the second group that came on. I mean, the first group included a, a lot of starters. You had O'Brien and Demerit in the back. You had Ousted starting. We, we, we had two sort of fullbacks that, that weren't the regulars because both Stephen Bettisher and Jordan Harvey are carrying injuries at the moment. Where Ethan Sampson is right back and Sam Adekugbe is left back in that, in that first half. And Sampson, Sampson has done well in the preseason and he's kind of... Shaking some of the the thoughts that I had about him from... I didn't think he played well in PDL, as we've covered before in the podcast. But I, I think he's kind of really come on well playing with the top-level players. But I, I didn't think he had that good a game today. He seemed to get caught out a lot. He made a lot of bad passes. He wasn't making... He had a couple of good supporting runs, but not enough. And he seemed to be out of position a lot. And Andy O'Brien constantly had to, to give him directions as to where he needed to be on the pitch. And that's a bit worrying if he if he's looking to to go into the right back. And then Quamby came on in the second half, and he didn't really impress either. So I'm not really sure which one of those is, is going to do it. But the, the second group that came on, sort of around the 63rd, 65th minute mark, they looked hungrier. Now you can also say as well is that the Vikes were tiring, and that was maybe why. But Bryce Alderson, you mentioned him there. He looked really good, and I, I think Bryce is off the mindset just now that he knows that this is a make-or-break season to him. And he's coming better and better with, with each passing time that we see him in the training camp. The same's not true for some of the other players, who maybe started strongly, and they're kind of going a little bit downhill now. Well, to make your point about Ethan Sampson, I thought I think the biggest telling thing was that Eric Hurtado was making a few runs um, on the right-hand side uh, when they were playing, especially when they were playing the four-two-three-one, and there was very little support from Ethan Sampson. Alternatively, on the left side, when Fernandez was making his runs, you see Sam could be being that outlet for him if he needed to pass it back, and he was up there. So Sampson needs to uh, learn the position a little bit better and be able to support his the player that's in front of him in order to continue the attack instead of Hurtado just making a run for the the end line and you know getting a corner out of it so that's some of our thoughts on the the victoria game after the match we caught up with carl robinson and got some quick thoughts from him we we're all rushing to try and get the five o'clock ferry back from victoria so it's a very very quick interview but here's what carl had to say about the one nil win against victoria so carl just overall impressions of the game um we won uh it was a bit cruel on them in the last minute but I'm, I'm glad it was a pretty close game because if we would have scored early on, then maybe we would have took our foot off the gas. And what I wanted was a quick tempo game. I wanted to do the right things, and I thought the group done that. On another day, we might have scored eight or ten goals. Um, so I'm very pleased with the way we played and built up and things like that. Obviously, we need to work on finishing a little bit. You had Nigel on for the game. Yep. Is that to work on his fitness, or is that just to have a, a constant? Yeah, Nigel wants to play as many minutes as he can in these games. Um, and I said I'll look at him at 60 minutes, and I felt it was a comfortable game for him. So we give him another. 30 minutes to get his um, get his legs back as well. 
Rice is a fantastic player. I said that even last year when I was here, and um, he looks bright. He's come back in super fit, and I think you see the quality he's got here just in his 30 minutes that he played. And just last thing for me, um, what does it mean to the club to come over to the island and get out into the community like this? It's massive. It's an important part of us as a club coming out into the community and doing things like this. And like I said, you know, as long as I'm here, I'll, I'll come over to the island as many times as you want me, and I'll bring my first team group because it's very important for that and us as a club as we continue to build it. Very comfortable, very strong. Uh, obviously, he showed his flexibility that he played on the left as well as being a, a very good centre back in the early part of pre season. So, I was just looking at him there with obviously Jordan not being Second year. They did, they passed the ball very well. I think throughout the game, we passed and moved very well, as well as I've seen, and that's what I want to do. That's what I'm trying to them. I think it was difficult conditions, um, but I think they're getting the concept of now with the, uh, my identity of what I want on the team. So that's what Carol said after the match. We also got a chance to speak with him on the ferry and just had a little bit of a chat about the game. And one of the things which he said was they'd already watched some of the game tape for it, which was really impressive that already after that, that, that they're watching the tape. What positives do you think, if any, Steve, that, that they can actually take from that game? It's hard to say positives, but I, I guess there is a way that he can, like the way he said in the interview, that he's that if, if they had scored early, they, wouldn't have, they would have stopped working. At least they kept working at trying to get that first goal. And it's, it's, it's a positive in a negative way, if you want to take it that way. Uh, they basically they sh- they should have scored quite a few goals. They had a number of chances. Maddox within the six yard box had one right on the doorstep, and he skied it for some reason. The finishing is definitely wasn't there, but the work rate and the 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 work into the into the final third was there, and it's just a matter of finishing that little bit left. I think that from a perception point of view as well, it's just it's not going to look good because the struggle to, to break down at a university side but it's still early days and I don't think it's time to press the panic button yet one positive point that's happened over the last two weeks is we've got a couple of new additions to the team the two new Uruguayans I'll, I'll just constantly refer to them now as the Uruguayans because I can never remember the names but you've got more details and you're more clued in on that than I am well I at least know the names of what the who the players are it's a Sebastian Fernandez and Nicholas Mosqueda as everybody probably knows by now we saw them live for the first time today and it seemed like that they were players that were wanted to be on the ball a lot um, they connected well with each other I think it's a matter of time it's, it's going to take time for them to kind of gel with the rest of the group and get on the same page they definitely knew where each other were all the time it's just a matter of them knowing where Guys like Hurtado or Maddox or eventually Salgado, where those guys are going to be making the runs. And I think that's a little bit, uh, that's going to take some time because we all talked about last year about how Kenny Miller would always get frustrated when he, the players he was trying to put into different positions wouldn't make those runs. And I think these guys, hopefully they don't get too frustrated, but they it'll be the same situation. I think that when if Kenny Miller is able to come back, I think he would be able to connect with these guys because they... They all have that kind of football mentality of knowing when to make the runs and when when to hold up and where to go when the ball's you know still in play. They definitely have a, a really good chemistry between the two of them. There's kind of a little bit of ESP going on. They, as you say, they know exactly where they are in the pitch and they, they're finding each other. It's going to be interesting to see how they perform at MLS level, whether they can take the step, whether they, they play as good team players. We've been told and sort of seen from some of the games down in Arizona 
that they're not bad at set pieces and at corners and stuff. They struggled a little bit with that today. Probably not used to the bitter cold and, and the kind of wind that was, was howling at Centennial Stadium. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they cope. And they're going to be joined, we believe, soon by another attacking midfielder who's also Latin American or South American. Yeah, there was some uh, talk about at training on Saturday that they're they're close to get, they have a like three or four targets. Um, they'll probably sign one of them before sometime in March. Um, hope hopefully sooner, the better. But uh, there there is a chance he could have come by the time Portland comes. But there, there's the three four guys that they're looking at right now. They're going to probably bring one of them in. And it's it's definitely good to strengthen the team, and it's the position that obviously we've covered so much. In, in previous podcasts and written about it, that this this attacking midfielder, the number ten role, it's something that Vancouver just hasn't had for seasons, and we we badly need it. Now, from what we kind of saw in Victoria today as well, I think we also badly need somebody that's going to be able to put the ball in the net on a regular basis. Having lost Camilo, as you say, we don't know if Miller's ready to go or not. We had a look in the first half, and it was Hurtado and Maddox. We've covered Maddox a little bit. Um, and then the second half, Salgado came on. Now, in the first half, I kind of got the feeling like Hurtado was trying a little bit too hard. He was trying to just make things come off. Maddox as well. Maddox had one really good pass to, to Hurtado in the, the start of the second half that Hurtado really should have finished. But Maddox, for me, some some guys disagree. They thought he had a not bad game. He had a few good runs. I just remember that miss that he had. And I, I just... I'd, don't think he's risen his game to where he needs to rise and you're looking at them and then Salgado in the second half Salgado for me in training camp started off really strongly and he started to dip a little bit so I don't know did he come out too fast and peak too soon and he's he's maybe starting to drop off a little bit yeah it could be it could be he's just trying to find his way onto the thing there could be a little bit more frustration maybe he thinks he needs to be in the uh, first lineup based on the first week but it all depends on what his attitude is. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, like you, you were saying that somebody, it was essentially Ben Massey who was saying that Maddox was uh, lively in the first half. I, I, I kind of, I, I, I thought, like you said, he worked hard to get in certain positions, but there was very little going forward. Also, you got to take into the fact that Ben Massey was outside in the cold and he was probably jumping around, so probably made Ben made uh, Darren Maddox look livelier than he was. <laughs> yeah. I think you had to jump about in the cold. No, it was freezing. I was. I remember, like you were there for the first twenty minutes, and you came in freezing. I I went down for the last two three minutes of the game, and I, it was so bitterly cold. And you, Vic, they actually had flown back the day before from Florida, where they had been down doing some preseason training, and they, I don't know what they must have thought. I mean, that's just that's just like nuts. Yeah, it was. It was a very very cold day. I'm I'm very surprised that they had as many people as they had. Yep, crowd of two and a half thousand, and I mean, I mean, full credit as as we you heard from our, our quick chat with Carol, they're wanting to kind of do more of this community stuff and get out in the community, and they were very well received by the the Victoria public. Not sure that I I want to go over for too many of these games if it's going to take us over three hours to get home as it did on on our ferry. Absolute nightmare, but it it, it was good all round, and the, and the Whitecaps players they they made their mark and the the. The Victoria public really enjoyed it. And there were a few chants for the Whitecaps too, which I found surprising. I thought it would be more of a Victoria crowd, but uh, but there were definitely Whitecaps chants during the game. And there were the, the, 
the fans were excited to see them. And especially, you know, you don't expect uh, the first unit to come out and play, uh, you know, 60 minutes essentially. And it, it was a good treat for those fans who don't really get the chance to come over to Vancouver too often. Now, one of the guys we were just talking about there, Eric Hurtado, he's he's kind of really come on to a bit of a stronger game this year. He struggled a little bit in his rookie season. We'd talked before about his lack of touch was letting him down. But he's really knuckled down. He's worked hard in the off-season, done some stuff with the HPP program, and he's come back really keen, really hungry, and really wanting to, to make a niche, carve a niche out for himself in this team. So I caught up with Eric on Saturday at training, and we had a quick chat about how he thought the pre-season's gone so far, hopes for the season to come. It's going to be a little bit of a noisy background interview because Curva Collective were there singing their, their songs and doing their stuff. But here's what Eric had to say. So Eric, yeah, you've had a really good pre-season so far. How, how do you feel the camp's gone in the, in the opening weeks for you? Uh, you know, pre-season, uh, coming in, getting fit with the team. Um, uh, we're, we have this uh, mentality where we press the ball as soon as we lose it right away, and when we do, do have the ball, we try and keep it uh, one touch, two touch as much as possible. You know, and Rebels uh, coach Carl is. Uh, really trying to instill that into this group right now and I think it's coming along pretty well. Now you've been playing a lot as a sort of sole striker up front in the pre-season games and you did a lot of that when you were with Portland and and at college level as well. How how are you enjoying that position more? Is that more where you see yourself or is that where you're more comfortable playing? You know, um, I'm pretty comfortable playing anywhere up top. You know, if we play with three three forwards up top, there's the two wingers and the center man or the lone striker up top, you know. And uh, I've been really working uh, with the coaches on making runs off the ball if I'm playing that lone striker role so then I can get in behind you know they always tell me the best, best touch is no touch so if someone can slip me in and I can just get one shot right away then that's the best now the, the games we haven't seen much of you because only the, the one game was streamed but just like looking at the scrimmages and stuff you seem to be playing a lot more relaxed this year do, do you feel a lot of pressures off you because it's not your rookie season and the you've just basically can go out there and just enjoy yourself a little bit more yeah yeah that, that, you can say that you know uh, rookie season I definitely put more pressure on myself than I needed to you know because I really had expectations for myself you know but I'm always like that always want to do the best that I can over my rookie season I learned a lot as a player and a lot as a teammate and you know I'm just a lot more relaxed and, and you know I'm just going out there and playing and doing what I do now, Casa Grande, it's always a, a good team bonding exercise when you go down there. What, what were your highlights, kind of off the field? I mean, how how good was it this year? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, you know, me and Omar were roommates. We had roommates on the road. We always were yeah. hanging out, talking about just funny stuff. You know, me and Kakuda were hanging out a lot. Um, me and Dan were hanging out a lot. Um, you know, so people that play my position, I would say, I hanging out, I hang out, I hung out with a lot over the Casa Grande trip. You know, and it was good. And like this season, have you set any personal goals, or what are you looking to work on most from from last year? You know, right now we're just focused on preseason and getting ready for that first game on March eighth against uh, New York Red Bulls. You know, and later on we'll set set personal goals. But right now we just got to get fit and we got to get the mentality of the team ready and set to go. That's great. Thanks so much. Thanks. Sure. Thanks. Now there had been a lot of talk at the Super Draft that Eric Cartado was possibly going to to get traded. And a lot of people thought he was maybe on his way out of Vancouver. But as I said, he's knuckled down. And it looks like he's going to be a very important part of the game day 18. 
maybe a starter, but definitely somebody that's going to be coming on off the bench. So whilst Hurtado is still around, some players haven't been so lucky and there's already been some cuts from the training camp. Yeah, a couple of tr- uh, cuts that we already have. We have, well, obviously, uh, one of your favourites, Michael Calderon. Absolutely gutted by that. You know, you, you got a 25-year-old, and then they obviously saw what a guy like Marco Bustos or Keon Froze has who played the similar positions. And maybe it was meant to be that they... The, the, and he's an international as well. So uh, there were, it wasn't really... All the, all the cards were definitely not in his favour. The, the Caps will keep an eye on him, though. They, they hold his MLS rights, and they're, they're working to try and and help him get something set up to help with his development. And they're going to keep an eye on him, so that's good. So don't say never, he he might be back one day if he really impresses. He's definitely got the talent, and he's definitely skilled, but it's it's a numbers game. It's like, as you say, players like Bustos, players like Froze, they're younger than him, and they're performing better than him, and basically that's what it comes down to. Another player was a, it was a short trial with Patrick McLean. Um, not m- much thought of him... I think they just brought him to look, get a look at him and see if he was capable of doing anything. But I think a guy like Marco Carducci outperformed him, especially in the Seattle games. Definitely. And, I mean, you saw you saw for the Victoria trip as well that Simon Thomas didn't make the trip. Marco Carducci went. So it's kind of given a, a big boost in confidence to Carducci that Robinson wants to see him more in games and wants to see... Yeah, I mean, he's. I would say 100% he's going to get a contract. He's going to be at least a number three. Obviously, he's really young to say he's going to be the number two, but you could kind of see him pushing towards that, depending on who the number two would be. And you found some news about that today, Steve. Yeah, uh, it was tweeted out uh, by a paper in Chicago, I, but I think the tweets, the actual post has been taken off now. I can't remember. Yeah, the, the article's been, been taken down. Now, there is still an article that came from uh, an Italian site as well that was uh, uh, tweeted initially out by one of our listeners, Dave Hall. And it basically says that former uh, Chicago keeper Paulo Tornaghi um, is set to join the Whitecaps and is essentially signed is it, the way it was uh, led to believe. We thought maybe it might be a trial, but it seems like he is signed and, and, and most likely going to compete with Osted to be a, the backup and everything like that. Most likely, people are saying that this is a death nail in Simon Thomas. We all talked about Simon Thomas being somebody that would be one of the players loaned out, and that might be the reason why he didn't come to Victoria because he has to prepare to go to uh, Charleston and join them there. So uh, I think this was more of a a thing where they didn't want to put Carducci in a a backup role and wanted to to have a a veteran who's played in the MLS before, even though it's been only a few games. And when Tarnaki came in to, to Chicago, he actually dislodged ex-Whitecaps favourite Jay Nolly as the number two there. And he was highly thought of, but then, then he fell out of favour. It's going to be interesting him coming in, because I, I think he's due to arrive next week. On the, in the Chicago article and also in the Italian article, there's actually a quote from... Tornaghi saying how much he's looking forward to continuing his career in Vancouver. And it's going to be interesting to see how much he can push Eustead, because Eustead does need somebody kind of challenging him. But also, it's good for Marco, because it's going to give him the chance to kind of push Tornaghi. And who knows, by the end of the season, if Marco can continue to develop the way he's done, put in some good performances in the reserves, PDL, under-18s, wherever they, they kind of see him playing you could possibly see Marco pushing for that number two spot. And I know he's young, and I know you don't want to put any pressure on him, and some folk will think that's just absolutely crazy, 
but he is good enough to do that. Yeah, and he's a uh, Tornagi is just speaking about Tornagi. He is a uh, really really was highly rated as an Italian goalkeeper when he was younger. Played in all the youth teams for up to U twenty. So he he's coming win with and he was highly rated when he was coming into Chicago, like you said. So I think I think it could be a good push for Carducci and to see where to, uh, where he stands amongst the backups. Maybe like you said, he by the end of the season he becomes the the solid number two behind Usted. And talking of the great Dane, he was another player that we caught up with on training on Saturday. Steve had a chat with him again just about how the preseason's gone, how he's finding the training camp, and what his hopes are for the season to come. David, you're, uh, you're starting your first full season with the Whitecaps. Uh, how, how different has this been since you, when you came in before, halfway through this season? Uh, it's been a lot different. Uh, of course, when I came in at the beginning, I had to get settled. I had to get uh, everything in order and get used to, well, the MLS in general. So uh, it's been good to get a preseason and get to know the guys even better than I already did. And, 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 and ha- got a lot of hard work in this, uh, this uh, offseason as well. So it's been good. What offseason stuff did you work on? in order to better your game and, to, and fit the MLS way? Uh, I had a month uh, with Rex Labrini where we worked on uh, the physical thing, uh, things, getting uh, getting more muscle on, getting uh, even quicker. Uh, so that was the off-season and this, this pre-season. I'm working, working on the general things with, with Marius just to try and save the goals, but also uh, what Carl wants to implement is a playing uh, style of, of, of play and keeping the ball. So I'm trying to get better with my feet and, and, and help the, the guys as, as, as well as possible. You, you actually played as a defender a little bit in in some of those scrimmages uh, during the offseason, didn't you, or was that? Yeah, I was in. Uh, I had my offseason. I was, I was working, like I say, physical, and also with the with the youth guys. Uh, I joined the HPP just uh, to get in and as a as a midfielder, defender, whatever, just to get on the ball and, and be comfortable with it. So uh, I can can still improve, but I think uh, it's something that hopefully will will help the team. How do you feel the HPP program is being like your first time there? Like obviously you were there just to you know work on your own stuff, but uh, what do you think? How effective do you think it is for the younger players? I, th- I think it's great. Uh, just the young players being in there. Uh, I was glad that, that Gordon let me join uh, with with all the young guys uh, just to, to get me in there. There's a lot of, of, of talented players on there, so I think it's a great program for the club. Do you think it will? Do you think it will help you in the season too? Even being in a kind of peripheral person into the program. Um, I think uh, mostly me was was just taking me in because I was here a month uh, when 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 we were off with the first team. So yeah. I think uh, it'll it'll benefit the young players going in there and and the guys who are there now. But uh, for me, I think they just did me a, a favor of of taking me in uh, for that month. A lot of talk about the you young goalkeepers we have in the Whitecaps program. What do you see in those guys like Carucci, <laughs> Simon Thomas, Nolan Worth? Uh, I see a lot of uh, of talent, a lot of potential. Uh, and uh, what I like about all three of them, they're, they're hardworking and good guys. So uh, I think we have a great group, and uh, I think uh, we have a smile on where we train, and, and that's important. Do you have any personal goals or for the season, like that can fit into the team aspect of the game? 
I want to win as, as many games as possible. Uh, I think it's important for the for the club to, even though we have a young stra- uh, squad, being being hungry and trying to, to to push our way into the playoffs. And I have some personal goals as well, but that stuff I keep from myself and keep working on uh, within uh, our little group with with Marius and, and the goalkeepers. Okay, perfect. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. So with Ternagi coming. Eistead at least has a, a little bit of a challenge to, to that number one spot, which all goalkeepers need. They need to be kept on their toes. They need to be kept sharp. They need to know that they can't make mistakes for fear of, of losing the starter spot. Now, a lot of people thought Simon Thomas may get that spot, but I, I don't think that is what's going to happen. As I said, he's a local boy from Victoria, didn't make the trip to Victoria, so that's kind of led to a little bit of speculation that he might be one of the guys that could be heading down to Charleston on loan. There was an article in a local Charleston blog, chssoccer.net, and it was just kind of snippets about the Charleston Batteries pre-season so far, or at least their plans. And their pre-season camp actually kicks off on Tuesday, and the article said that they were expecting the initial Whitecaps loanees to be arriving in time for that camp to kick off. Now, the Whitecaps have to send at least four players down there, but the article said there could even be as much as eight from talking to the guy that wrote it on, on Twitter over the, the course of Saturday, he's expecting that it might even be up to about six. Obviously, that's a big number. Kind of hard to think who these people are going to be. But from looking at the people that didn't make the trip over to Charleston, three people that stand out for me. One, Simon Thomas. Two, Mamadou Diouf. And three, our friend... Aminu Abdallah. Yeah, those are definitely three candidates. I think even a couple of more would might be um, a Michael Kafari or an Adam Mena who did make the trip over to Victoria, but uh, could be players that they didn't play in the game itself, but they, they could be players that um, the Whitecaps like uh, but and want to keep a close eye and want to be able to keep uh, uh, keep on a, on a on a training method with the with Charleston because the. the uh, there was a talk during the preseason that Charleston actually had discussions with the Whitecaps and tried to uh, fix their, their training program in order to meld better with the Whitecaps. So those are the, some of the guys. Even Mackenzie Pridham, who's uh, right now injured, um, he could be another guy that goes down there. I uh, One guy I don't see, uh, like a lot of people were talking about before, Bryce Alderson, we talked about how good he played. I don't see him go, actually going down to Charleston this year. I think he sticks with the big club. Oh, definitely. I mean, after his experience down there last year, I don't think there's any way that he would even want to go back. Also, that some people had speculated that they might send Christian Dean down, especially with the amount of centre-backs that we've got just now. But I don't see that happening either. Robinson's been really impressed by Dean, and I think he's going to want to keep him really close to the camp and learning from the veterans like Andy O'Brien and Jay Demerit. And with two ageing centre-backs like that as well, you know that at some point in the season, at least one of them is going to pick up some kind of injury. And these guys like Carlisle Mitchell, Christian Dean, Johnny Leveron, they're going to kind of get a chance to play some first-team minutes. So I think it's important that they do keep Dean in Vancouver and learning from these guys. Yeah, because you even with uh, uh, take away the injuries, you still have a guy, uh, guy like Johnny Leveron who's probably going to go with the Honduras, p- could potentially be on their World Cup team at of course, it will be difficult if he doesn't get enough time, but Christian Dean is definitely somebody that's impressing. He played mostly left-back with Victoria uh, in the Victoria game, but definitely had a good foot going forward. Um, I, I think 
the athleticism is definitely there. It's just a matter of learning how to play the game and learning to be a professional, and I think he could be a real steal. Um, a lot of people talked at the draft time that the Whitecaps might have been uh, were going after the goalkeeper. I think they got lucky that Philadelphia took the goalkeeper, and a guy like Christian Dean has dropped to them. Uh, another player that uh, is that got picked just before Dean uh, was Steve uh, Birnbaum, uh, his uh, Dean's teammate from California, and a lot of talk from DC United is he's not going to be in the starting lineup. He'll probably be like a third or fourth center back. So he's Dean's definitely gone past him in status. Of course, with so many veteran center backs in the Whitecaps, it's going to be hard for him to get playing time right away. So there's another week of training coming up in Vancouver before they head off to the Rose City Invitational down in Portland. Steve and myself will be heading down to that. So that's it for another episode of There's Still Time. Just before we wrap up, Steve, tell everyone where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and obviously writing for Canadian Soccer News. And you can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Send us an email at AFTNCanada.hotmail.com and read all our stuff, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, AFTN.ca. By the next time we talk, there's probably going to be some more new faces in the Whitecaps camp and some faces that's left to head down to Charlton. So we'll see what happens then. So until then, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.